and welcome back to Prep Rally, the podcast. I am Chip Souza, joined by Henry Apple, Ricky Fires, and Paul Boyd. And we promise that Ricky's going to be on his best behavior today. But listen, I can only promise this table's only so I can only reach so far across this table. So if he gets a little out of control, you're just going to have to deal with it. So, Paul, you can hit Paul, and Paul hit me. There we go. Be like the three go. Stooges. We'll take it around yeah, the table, like the around and around and around. Yep. <laughs> Henry's over here looking at us, going, "What? Uh, does that make me shimp or something like <laughs> yes. that?" The lost one. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So we are through week zero, week one, the first week, however you want to describe it, of high school football, and we are joined today by the guru of the gridiron, the Sultan of statistics. The famous W.W. Walter Woody from Fort Smith. Walter, how you doing today? I'm doing good. I'm, I'm sitting in class. Just glad we, we've had class the last couple of days after what happened at Northside. Now, are we doing virtual? Uh, are, we, are we your virtual uh, your class, class uh, instructors for this, uh, for this period? Or, I mean, you know, I've got uh, Rick Fires here. You know, you got to have a, a mature audience for that. Hey, you don't want us on a Zoom. <laughs> That's for sure. <laughs> we are, well, this is, uh, in, in Fort Smith, this would be uh, called our flex period. Flex where period. Our students were, because we, we went from a seven period traditional seven period day to a block now block is four periods but we did not add an eighth so we created a flex period so athletics could still have that after you know that seventh what would be like a seventh period but they get to end practice early because they're starting before two o'clock and so there, there's some of that but other you could go to band you could go that period or if you're done with all your classes you can leave now the the choices of classes are just like northwest arkansas or most schools gotcha. in the state you can you can be in class regular you could come in and out you we could a kid can go to first hour click on a qr code on a take a picture and it comes to a google form i'm checking out and you leave and you come back in a later period if I'm, you want to walter i'm going to put this out to ricky fire rick if they told you that you could just do virtual school when you were back in school would we have ever seen you again i'd still be in fourth grade <laughs> <laughs> and he's only slightly exaggerating about no, that yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I will sure be honest I, there yeah. will be class so there will walter, be classes they would they would be classes they never see me but yes. there would also be classes i'd have to go in because the, i would need all the help i can get absolutely so walter Last week, you got it kicked off for us. You had the Thursday game down in the River Valley at Historic and Beautiful and the Red Brick Mayo Thompson Stadium on Thursday yep. night, north side, south side. Normally, the final game of the regular season this year, the first game of the season of 2020, because the two teams are in separate conferences this year. We're not going to even get into all that. But, Walter, right. what did you see in that game? We, I saw, I watched a little bit of it on the live stream, and I saw – that Drayden Norwood had a pretty good game for Northside. Yes, he did. I thought. I thought one of the things I thought Norwood did was he. You know, sometimes he gets a little out of control or make bad decisions of passing and stuff like that. He really played under control, and they really dominated. I thought the second and third quarter between the tackles, they're able to run the ball. He did not force any runs and a couple of scrambles. He created something and got something and. Uh, and really the game and, and and he played pretty solid but I also want to give a shout out to Southside because you know they should have scored the first possession right. the quarterback yep. missed yep. missed an easy missed an easy touchdown on that wheel route the guy walks in and scores but they but they fall just short on fourth and goal 
And of course, it's still uh, you know twenty-one seven to start the fourth quarter, and Southside's about to get a first and goal yep. uh, when it gets stripped, and and X takes it back, you know, ninety-two yards. I mean, it, it was just so funny. Everybody was going toward the goal line, but when the ball got stripped, X saw it immediately, pound, uh, grabbed it in the dead sprint, went three steps at the fifteen. He's he gone. Goes. He's got another. He's gone. He's, yeah. You might as well not even give him this good call it now. And, 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 and that, broke the, that broke the momentum. Yeah, that's a 14-point swing because Southside's going right. to score there probably and make it a one-score game. So not only do they not get that, but they give up seven the other way, that 14-point swing. The, and Southside's the, not good enough to overcome a 14-point swing probably no. against anybody. You know, no, no, and especially in the fourth quarter. Yeah. You, you're, you're, and, and, and like I said, you take you add in the – the touchdown they should have scored on the first possession being stopped at the and give Northside credit for stopping with the goal line that that all of a sudden that's now 21 21 if you think about it exactly. so so Northside has uh, you know uh, Southside did find some positives offensively I think moving they moved the football some I thought Northside's defense especially the second and third quarter really stiffened and and shut North uh, really that one drive uh, that that turned into the the 92 yard fumble return. That was really the only drive uh, Southside had after the first quarter. Wow. I mean, they had like 140 yards in their first two possessions, and they didn't get many much after that because I think they only had like five or six first downs the rest of the game. We sent Rick down there. Rick, what did you see? I know you spent some time over there with the Southside folks over at Jim Rowland, but what what did you come come I away stand, with? I was standing out in the rain underneath the goalposts with about six or seven other people. I was the only one dumb enough who didn't have a raincoat or an umbrella. But uh, Walter's exactly right. If Southside scores on that uh, play right there, it's a different game, but uh, – Walter, mm-hmm. uh, let me. Ask, when I think of uh, Northside quarterbacks, I think of Cody Burns, uh, and I've only vaguely, just barely seen Norwood. How are they similar? How are they different? Would you say? Well, I think uh, Burns was more of a, a, a true passer and scrambler, but uh, but I think Norwood looked really good throwing the football. I mean, uh, yeah, even did. his in, even his incompletions were like, okay, he threw it in a place that either his receiver was going to get it. Or interception. I think he threw one bad ball, and it should have been picked off by a Southside player. Uh, and Northside still ended up and scored, but he ne- he did made for the most part. I thought he made really decent, really smart decisions as a quarterback. Uh, and like I said, he did not force he did not force too many throws. I mean, the touchdown pass was a nice little just once he got it up over and the the receiver fell right into his hands for a nice touchdown to to put to put the game on ice, but. Uh, you know, if 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 Northside, if the quarterback can make those good decisions, not rush or, or not feel like he's got to just run every time and, and, and can get the throws. Uh, the other thing, too, was, uh, you know, instead of trying to go for the big play with ProSize, he was instead hitting Walker Katsavis for six and eight yards. Yeah. He had that just six or eight yards. And, yeah, and that- let me tell you, you get six or eight yards and then he carries or Massey or Fields carries. That moves the sticks, and and that's another thing that can really be good ball control down the line hey, Walter, if you're able to, to make plays like that. Walter, how much of an influence do you think that new offensive coordinator over there at Northside, Greg Kendrick? How much of an influence do you think he's had on the improvement in Norwood um, from last year to this year? I think there's some, and 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 that, that maybe that's maybe that's where some of that. Hey, you don't have to make a big play every time if you can get six or eight yards. 
that may be a good thing, you know, because again, if you get, if, if you're throwing on first down and you get six or seven yards, man, you got two plays to make three. And, or if they're running the, the one thing I did not see that I thought we would see here, there was there were times they ran the ball and they get six or seven yards of pop and they would be near midfield or whatever. That's the, that's also a good time to maybe think about taking a shot, but maybe the, because the secondary is playing kind of deep to respect pro size, they were just taking what the defense were giving them. And I think that's, that's a sign of, of, of good coaching and uh, making, telling the quarterback, you get what they give us. And if they're getting six, eight yards and they're getting to moving the sticks uh, that, you know, that, that gets closer to the end zone and it also burns time. And, and it's some of these teams that want to be really explosive, keeping the ball away from them is going to be a big deal. Good deal. Well, Walter, this week, Southside jumps from the frying pan into the fire. They're going to go and take on Greenwood this week, so it doesn't get any easier for them. Northside has this week off, and, uh, you know, we're, we're rocking and rolling. I know we're only taking this one week at a time, but, you know, we're looking, uh, you know, ahead. And, uh, you know, Northside's going to have a game with Springdale coming up, too. Um, right. And I kind of equated Springdale, their quarterback Landon Phipps had a good game last week against Van Buren, mm-hmm. scored three touchdowns, but he had a couple had a, had one big one 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 mistake. Um, it was it was it's an extra effort mistake, which is hard. you can't fault the kid for this. He's no. he's stretch, stretching for the goal line to try to get the ball across, gets it knocked loose. Same thing happened at, with Southside. Uh, happened with Springdale. Van Buren kid picks up the fumble and goes 98 the other way. You know, so you have a 14 point swing, and Springdale's in that same boat with Southside. They're, you know, they're, they're. It's just hard for them, almost impossible for them to overcome a 14 point swing like that. Um, it happened right. two times in the in the Springdale game. They they took the lead, kicked the ball off, and Jaden Henry takes it back 98 yards the other way. And then and then Springdale's trying to score a touchdown. Kid gets it knocked away. They pick it up and return the fumble 98 yards the other way. So, a um, couple things there. And I think I think uh, Zach Clark and uh, and and Kim Dameron would uh, they 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 have some things they could talk about this week for sure. <laughs> right. Exactly. And well, and you, now, you know you're talking about uh, things week to week. You know, Southside and uh, and I think Rick wrote about it. I think earlier this week, another school Southside's doing senior night Friday night. They're going to, you know, yeah. it's because you, there's no guarantee. It's day, you know, what's the old line? Uh, uh, the person is injured is listed as day to day, but then again, aren't we all? Exactly. You know, yeah. it's, it's the yeah. same. The football yeah. games right now, we're still on a week to week because, and, and you might as well go ahead and honor the seniors because you may not get a chance to exactly. in late October, early November. So go ahead and do honor all the seniors and let's do that now. And, you know, and and if we end up playing all the games, so be it. So we did it early. I mean, it's – and I think that's the right thing to do. I think it's a smart thing to do. And, you know, the one thing you were talking about, Northside and Springdale, I'm glad they're playing again because, you know, that uh, – Northside used to play Springdale and Fayetteville yearly. Yep. Even yep. when Northside was in the old Class 5A and Fayetteville and Springdale were in 4A, they still played every year. So so it's nice to see them playing one of those Northwest Arkansas rivals again. Good deal. Well, Walter, we are up against a break right here. And as always, you know, we appreciate you jumping on with us and bringing – No problem. Know, I'm glad to be here. Bringing all the knowledge in. And we'll definitely have you have you back again and uh, to talk some more high school football. And hopefully, hopefully we're going to be moving into weeks 4, 5, 8, 10, 12, you know, as we move on. And uh, but Walter, thanks for jumping on with us. And we're up against a break right now. And uh, Walter, I'm gonna hang the phone up if I can find it. And uh, you have a great week. And uh, we will catch up with you, man. I, I killed him. 
So we're going to take a little break right here, and when we come back, we're going to talk to Henry Apple, who, who loaded up the covered wagon, got the horses together, got them fed and watered, and he rode across the state line over to Oklahoma last week to catch a couple really good games. We'll be right back. You're listening to Prep Rally, the podcast. And we are back with Prep Rally, the podcast, and we are talking about week one of the high school football, well, week zero, technically week zero, but it was the first week of the high school football season. I'm Chip Souza, joined by all the sports writers from the Northwest Arkansas Democrat Gazette, and thanks for listening with us today. We're going to talk, continue talking about football, then we're going to bring Paul in, who Paul Boyd, who watched a great volleyball match on Tuesday night. But before we get into that, we're going to talk about two of our teams that went over to Oklahoma, over to the Tulsa area. Uh, on Friday and Saturday, Henry went over there and covered first Springdale Harbor at Jinx on Friday, and then he covered the nationally televised Bentonville West versus Broken Arrow game on Saturday. So, Henry, let's start on Friday. Let's talk about the Harbor game over at Jinx because Harbor had chances in that game. They really did. Well, first of all, it was dang hot. There. Yes. Uh, kick when I drove up in to uh, Allen Trimble Stadium. Um, my vehicle was registering 102 degrees, Ooh. and it was still in the upper 90s at kickoff time. That was a dry, that was a dry heat, though, right? When it wasn't a dry. I, heat. I don't think so. When, uh, <laughs> I believe he was Henry said it might have been dry, but it, he, well, Henry he, said he I wasn't dry. dry. Yeah. It's no. not the heat; yeah. it's the humidity. Remember yeah. that? Yeah, that's right. That's yeah. right. Yeah, and uh, Allen Trimble Stadium. And I mean, is just footsteps away from the Arkansas River. So wow. yeah, you're going to get some humidity on gotcha. that one. Gotcha. Gotcha. But going to the game, yeah, Harbor had some chances on there. Uh, the telltale stat of this game was Harbor's quarterback threw five interceptions. And one I think they had a, had a fumble too, didn't they? So six turnovers yeah. or something? Or? Six turnovers. The wow. fumble was kind of late in the game, so it, it wasn't really, you know, the, a telltale factor. But the yeah. five interceptions, two of them um, were very critical. One was thrown right in the end zone that could have closed the gap there in the third quarter. But uh, the, the one I remember telltale – uh, it wasn't the quarterback's fault. He threw it to the receiver. It bounces off the hands, goes right into the hands of a defensive back for Jinx who returns it down to about the uh, Harbor 42, and then they score on the next play. So that wow. is a 14-point turnaround yes, just like that. Yes, sir. And with uh, Harbor only losing by 16, that 14-point swing is a telltale sign huge, right there. Huge, huge, huge. Um, it doesn't matter who you play. You turn the ball over five or six times, you're not going to win that game. I don't care who you play. And you play a team like Jinx, you have no chance of winning the game. Mm. Yeah, and the uh, Jinx coach even told me, he says, hey, I've been on the other end of that turnover battle. I know what that's like. So, Well, the one thing about Harbor, though, Rick, and you know this and Paul and everybody, we all know this, coaches will tell you their team, your team will make the biggest improvement from week one to week two. So that's an area that Harbor can see that they can get cleaned up, and if they can get that cleaned up, they'll be, you know, they'll be all right. But they've got to get that cleaned up. Oh, most definitely, and, and it will be cleaned up in yeah. due time. Yep. So that the Friday game, Harbor went over to Jinx, lost a game, played well but lost. But the big one, Henry, was Saturday, Bentonville West. They were in the primetime spot, Rick. They were they were 
they were on ESPN and ESPN two on Saturday and prompt. I have people that I knew from Texas that are that were on Facebook are saying, "Going, you know, you watching this game? Is you know, Bentonville is that close to where you are and that kind of thing?" So, you know, they were uh, they were right there in the uh, in in the in the in the cat's eye. Yeah, uh, it's it's a little different covering a televised game because you know ESPN demands its TV timeout. Oh, yeah. so, uh, you know, you think about, let's get in the flow of this game. Oh, there's a television timeout. The guy walks out there in the field and holding hold his hand, and you're like, man, come on, get off the field. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we, we won't watch football. We don't want to watch you. We don't, we don't even watch, watch commercials, you what, know. So. What, yeah, what, what I tell people and, and all the time is that, you know, you go to a press box and, you know, you'll, you'll get this, you know, what team are you with or whatever. I said, I'm not with any team. The thing I cheer for is those numbers on that scoreboard that go backward. <laughs> that, that's my team. And make sure the other two scores are – Aren't alike. Yes, exactly, exactly. Uh, yeah, I'm exactly. cheering. I'm cheering against overtime. Yes, yes, yes. yes. I've, I've covered games that was uh, for Arkansas baseball when ESPN comes in, uh, they take over everything. Yeah, uh, they get the um, they get to talk to coaches between doubleheaders. They get everything local. Press doesn't do it, and you're kind of grumpy a little bit. But man, you always uh, just keep your mouth shut for the kids, especially exactly, exactly. these 16, 17, 18 year old kids getting to play on ESPN on primetime Saturday afternoon. Exactly. So Henry, no what was that like though? The game was it was, a, it was a good. I mean, it was a good game because West played pretty well in stretches in that game. They were inconsistent, weren't yeah. they? Here, here's the thing: you're going to look at the final score if someone didn't see the game. Look at the final score and say, "Oh, Broken Era fifty, Bentonville West twenty three. Oh, they got themselves kicked over there. Got embarrassed." No. Midway in the third quarter, Bentonville West had just scored seventeen unanswered points and pulled within twenty nine twenty three. Yep. On the next drive, Broken Era gets down to about the fifteen yard line and then fumbles the ball. And you're thinking, if West gets this ball, this could be a different game. Instead. I don't know even how – I even watched the replay, and I still don't know how this happened. But the ball, the guy was running toward the near sideline. The broken arrow, a broken arrow player. Broken arrow running back, uh, and a very good one, Marion Horn, was running to the near sideline, which to his right, the ball pops loose. Well, the ball goes back to the left toward the middle of the field. There is three broken arrow players around the ball. There isn't a Bentonville West defender within 15 wow. yards. They were all of the pursu- ball. pursuing the back. Yeah, they were pursuing the back, and it was a good hit too. And I thought I was just waiting for a, a, a helmet with the Wolverine on it, and that, no, it bounced uh, awkwardly right to the uh, their yeah. guys. And he picks it up, and there's nothing. You know, but, I could have picked Henry, up the ball please, and walked please in there. T- please tell me it was a lineman who picked it up and scored. No, it no, was a wide receiver. Oh. Pfft. I don't want to hear that. Yeah. Pretty boys. Pretty boys. They always get everything. The pretty boys always get everything. The big, ugly linemen, they don't ever get their chance. And he had a chance to pick it up and score, yeah. and they didn't. Well, I think there was a lineman in the vicinity, but the wide receiver was just a little bit faster, uh, and he problem. picked it up and yeah. took off. And like I said, you know, I could have crawled on my hands and knees and gotten to the end zone wow. before someone had touched me. Wow. He, he was that close. And then uh, after that, uh, you know, this, the pressure starts building on, oh, I've got to try to catch up. But Broken Arrow's defense, credit them, they started getting pressure on Dalton McDonald and forced him into throwing two interceptions. One of them got returned for a touchdown. The other one uh, resulted in another touchdown. That's why the game got out of hand. So Henry went to, over to Tulsa. He saw the harbor, and then he saw Bentonville West. I was here uh, in town and saw uh, Shiloh Christian and P. Ridge. Shiloh Christian has to be happy at sophomore quarterback Eli Wisdom looked really good. 
Um, boy, very athletic. He's going to be, you know, he'll be one to watch, you know, in the future. You, he uh, uh, did more damage with his legs than he did with his arm, but he did have a couple nice passes. So, uh, Shallow Christian going to be pretty good again, Paul, I believe. Good stuff. Yeah. 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 You know, that, uh, the one thing that, uh, you know, the Saints like to do, they can score some points. They do, and they score them fast. So that was uh, uh, the game that I saw and uh, had some other good games going in the area. And the, the good thing is the games all got played. Uh, week We got last week's games played for the most part, unless you were Bentonville, which had their game, um, supposed to have played Liberty uh, Missouri, North, Liberty, Liberty North, North, Missouri. Um, that game was canceled at somewhat of the last minute when the conference that Liberty North is in decided that none of their teams would be allowed to play out-of-state teams over COVID-19 issues. Not saying that's a bad thing. I'm just saying your time, their timing really was bad on that. Uh, left Bentonville hanging, yeah. basically, is what they did. And, and the weird thing about this is, and the thing that has caused me to scratch my head constantly, you know, we have a lot of people around here that give the Arkansas Activities Association grief for some of its decisions. Well, Miss Missouri's version of the AAA was the one that decided, oh, let the districts decide for yeah. themselves what they're going to do about out-of-state games. Right. You know, why didn't they do this in June? Well, and you wonder, is Liberty the only school in that conference that was playing an out-of-state game? And, and, you know, they didn't think about the consequences of Bentonville, which, you know, is now scrambling, you know, to find a game. But anyway, but you know what, Henry, it could have been worse. It could have been Ozark. You know, we talk about Bentonville losing the game. How about Ozark lost not one opener but two? Mm -hmm. um, they were supposed to play Clarksville in the opener. Clarksville had two coaches and a couple of players who tested positive for COVID. So they had to quarantine. They had to uh, cancel their game, post, not cancel, postpone their game with Ozark. So Ozark is looking for an opponent because, we, as we've talked about on here before, Ozark already has another open date in the middle of its schedule because Subiaco Academy, a member of the 4A4, has decided to go to eight-man. So Ozark's already got that open spot down there in the toward the end of conference play. Well, then Ozark scrambles, and they find Valley View, a partner in Valley View, who uh, also had a, a, its opener, uh, the team it was supposed to play, uh, not be able to play. So Valley View, Ozark get together. Well, then Hurricane Laura comes in, and Valley View said, and, and, and the forecast was for a lot of rain and storms and things like that, so you really can't um, fault them. However, calling at Wednesday at 4 o'clock and saying we're going to cancel the game, that, I, I don't know about that. But anyway, Valley View decided they didn't want to make that drive because they didn't want to drive back in that kind of weather. So Ozark, there's another game they didn't get to have. Well, guess what happened on Friday? Nothing. Yeah, uh, we had a lot of footballs. Yeah, we a, had a beautiful, football. beautiful sunshine mm -hmm. in the River Valley. In um, our area, though, but Northeast Arkansas got the, no. They, the South got hit harder. Well, the South but, got hit harder. But, yeah. but anyway, in Northeast as well. Yeah. Yes. Um, so anyway, Ozark uh, lost a couple of openers. Now this game with Clarksville. I talked to Jeremy Burns yesterday. Uh, this being, I talked to him on Tuesday. Um, they have worked it out with Clarksville. Clarksville is going to come off of its quarantine, and they're going to play September the 11th. Is uh, they're scheduled to play them. Ozark's going to play Boonville this week. Now, they've had a lot of rain in the River Valley, and if that river comes, <laughs> comes up down there, Boonville may not be able to get to Ozark, but uh, they may end up having to, to ferry across or paddle across or, or whatever uh, to get over there and play. But, uh, but anyway, Ozark, uh, maybe they'll finally get to play uh, somebody this week. So that was all the action in football last week. Now, this week we've got some more good games coming in. Henry, you got Muskogee coming over to Bentonville West. That'll be a good one. I'm going to be over at Fayetteville. Uh, they're going to have a Wasso and uh, Coach Bill Blankenship coming in this week. He'll be coming back uh, over to Fayetteville again. Of course, he coached at Fayetteville for one season. 
um, before going back to Oklahoma. So that's going to be our West Termite and Pest Control game of the week this week is Owasso at Fayetteville. we got Springdale hosting Choctaw, Oklahoma. Now, boys, this is a game that may not be on anybody's radar, and they're going to play this game at 5 o'clock Friday, and the reason – this never happens. This is what I've been telling people all along. This never happens that both Rogers schools and both Springdale schools ever play at home on the same Friday night until this year under COVID 2020 or the black cloud or whatever we're calling it. But this week we got both Rogers and Heritage playing at home and both Springdale and Harbor playing at home. So what they decided to do at Springdale is they're going to play the Springdale game at 5 o'clock. They're going to play the Harbor game at 7 o'clock. Now, Rogers and Heritage both playing at 7 o'clock. Yes, yes. But uh, Springdale split theirs to play one at 5 and one at 7. Now, the thing about this game is Choctaw, this team that's coming in, all three of their non-conference games are against Northwest Arkansas schools. So they're going to play at Springdale this week. They're going to get uh, – Van Buren down in Oklahoma City next week, and then they're going to come back. Choctaw's going to come back the third week and play at Greenwood. So all three of its non-conference games are going to be against River Valley, against uh, Northwest Arkansas teams. Now this Choctaw team is absolutely loaded. They have uh, probably about five guys who are being recruited and have gotten offers from Power Five schools. They have a defensive back who's committed to Oklahoma. They have a wide receiver who's committed to TCU. They have an offensive lineman who's who just got an offer from Minnesota this week, and so he's he's got uh, and all all the Big Twelve schools are by. He's six six, uh, two hundred eighty five pounds. So he's got a lot of offers. Their quarterback hadn't got an offer yet, Paul. He's six four two thirty. Oh wait, he's just a sophomore. Oh, oh sophomore. Yeah, he's just a sophomore. That's a big. Yeah, he's sophomore. just a baby. He's not even not even shaving or anything yet. So uh, anyway, they're loaded up. Now they're they're a program that struggled uh, here in a few last few years. They're not a powerhouse. They're not a jinx. They're not a you know Wasso or or Broken Arrow. But they're a program that's kind of on the rise down in Oklahoma City. Uh, and uh, but they definitely have the players that they could make some noise. So that'll be um, if you're wanting to go to a game and, and can buy your buy your e ticket because you're not going to get in if you don't buy your e ticket. If there's a way to contact the Springdale schools and buy yourself an e ticket and get yourself a spot somewhere that's socially distanced in this stadium on on Friday at five o'clock, you could go to Chalk, you could go to Springdale and see some really really high level elite athletes um, in this game. So that's some of the games that's going on this week. Of course, there's a whole, whole lot more going on. We mentioned when Walter was on here that Southside's going to go down to Greenwood. Um, it'll be the season opener for Greenwood and uh, the debut, Ricky, for, uh, for Chris Young, the new football coach at Greenwood who has the unenviable task of replacing and following Rick Jones. Um, and, you know, he's uh, uh, Coach's son. He's uh, Joe Fred, Coach of Favor, Coach of Portsmouth, Northside. I saw Joe Fred on the sidelines when they played up here in the scrimmage at Favor. Favor uh, beat them pretty good, but, you know, that's just a warm-up. That's a scrimmage. Uh, when you turn on the lights, like uh, Greenwood's going to be there. So I'll be interested to see how that game turns out. Me too. Me too. So we're going to jump away from football right now, and we're going to take the kick it over to Paul Boyd, who went down to Greenwood on Tuesday night. Now, this you don't these kind of matchups, you see the girls do this all the time, Paul, and you see the women's basketball do this. You know, they play the top level teams play each other in yep. women's college basketball. Yes. You'll see a South Carolina play a Baylor or a or a UConn or whatever. Yes. Girls volleyball, you see the same thing. Well, last night 
Paul may have probably saw two state champions last night. Paul. It's it's very possible that uh, that both those teams could be state champions uh, come end of October. They, uh, I would put some money on that both teams will be playing in Hot Springs. Uh, hopefully, that we'll be playing in Hot yeah, Springs. Yeah, hopefully there'll be some volleyball. October. Absolutely. So Greenwood hosted Southside Paul, and and as expected, this one was a battle royale from the very first serve. I tell you what, it it, uh, it lived up lived up to the billing for sure. Uh, really watching both teams adjust throughout. Uh, first, uh, first set, uh, Southside, you know, pretty well controls. Greenwood showing maybe a little nerves, serve received, not real, not real crisp. Uh, but but as they, they they got better as the night as the night went on, they got a little steadier and a little steadier. Defense really really rose up, and uh, and, and you know and they win in five. It's, uh, I tell you what, two outstanding teams, uh, both teams with Division One, Division One commits yes, on sir. each side. Yes, sir. So two really, really good. That's what I love about the, the girls is they're, they're not scared, Rick. They, they play. They, they play. scared. They're, they're not. They're not. They don't play directional school. They go at each other. Yeah, and absolutely. I saw Greenwood play Fable, which you could also, you know, be in contention for state championship. Surely, surely. Absolutely. absolutely. Yes. Now, folks, listen to this. Uh, um, Greenwood's got a girl in the middle. She's six foot seven, going to Central Arkansas. Real good player. I don't know if she's the best player on the team, though. What do you think, Paul? Uh, here's the thing. Is there a best player uh, on the team? That that may be the thing that makes Greenwood so good. They got three or four really, really good yes. options offensively who can really put the ball down and be consistent. Larkin Luke, about a six foot, six one player as well, uh, and a freshman Maya McCoy, freshman five ten, wow. uh, really, really did some some big work late in that match last night. You know, girls mature faster than boys. Uh, that's there's no secret there. Um, you know, I still hadn't reached my maturity level, and I'm going to be 59 next week. So, you know, it's not like I set that bar real high for me. But, but uh, it's not surprising to see fresh. You see, like, you see a lot more freshman girls make big impacts, especially in sports like softball and soccer, where the club sport and volleyball, where it's a big, big thing. Uh, basketball, some but not as much as those other sports because they just mature so much faster than the boys. It's rare to see a freshman boy make a big impact in a, in a baseball game or mm-hmm. or you know that kind of thing. Absolutely. Well, um, we don't see it in football at all, hardly at all. At all, yeah. right, right, yeah. right. Hey, uh, Paul, uh, um, I'm not a volleyball expert like you are. I don't see as much as you do. But I was very impressed when I was watching Fable. You know, I'm, I'm kind of novice. I'm looking at the spikes and all the pretty plays around in that. But my goodness, Grayson Spresser, who pl- who plays in the back line right there, I bet that girl saved about ten balls from going way out of bounds, and that gave me more appreciation about the defensive side of volleyball. Big time defense. I I stopped by Saturday and watched uh, watched Fayetteville play Nixa, defending state champion in Missouri. Missouri. Yeah. They defeated Nixa in four sets in a really really good match. And the one thing I said is, you know, stays out sticks out to me is. You know, it's really, really, really going to be tough to put the ball down on Fayetteville. They, they, they keep the ball up. Well, I tell you what, the 7A West. Now, now Rick and Henry, we might, we might have taken a little tick down in football, and the Central's kind of, you know, got the number right now. But in they volleyball, there's nobody better. I, I mean, I, I think right now, I mean, the, there's some teams in the 7A West that might could play in the SEC volleyball. Wow. I mean, they're, they're that good. Hey, hey, now, Rick, uh, you, you may not, like I said, you may not be the, the volleyball aficionado, but, you know, what you saw – 
suppressor do sprawl and get the ball that's a dig yeah and uh, just remember dogs know how to dig yeah dogs yeah. okay dogs there know you how go to dig. yep well these volleyball girls they lay it on the floor they don't mind floor burns rick they oh, ain't scared to dive on the floor and, and 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 leave a little skin on the floor they they you know they tough rick, they're a lot tougher than me now, that again that bar is not real high <laughs> but they're a lot tougher than i am but they're athletes, man, and yeah. don't ever take volleyball you better believe it. Uh, for granted. So, we, so we got football kicked off. We got volleyball kicked off. Conference play for volleyball will start Thursday um, in the, for the 7A West and everybody else. I'm mean, 6A West. Um, so, so we'll have that going on. Uh, we've got some cross country that starts this week. Shiloh Christian will be hosting the first cross country meet of the season. So that will be started this week. And we've already, and we've been playing for several weeks for golf and tennis. So again, it makes my heart happy to see these kids getting out to play. Um, I'm gonna, I do this every time, and I'm do gonna it. keep doing it. Um, wear your mask. Wear your mask. I don't want to hear your political uh, affiliations. I don't want to hear about it's tyranny, and I don't want to hear your about freedom. your freedoms are being lost. You know what? I don't care about your freedom. I only care about the freedom of those kids wearing numbers on their shirts on the fronts and the back. Because that's the only thing I care about right now is that those kids get a chance to play and don't do something stupid to keep them from getting to play. That's what I'm saying. Yep. So wear your mask, shut your mouth, wear your mask, sit in the stands, and if you can't do that, don't show up. Listen, watch the game on live stream. It's okay. They'll get by without you. Hey, like like one of the guys said last night on Twitter who's following me, it's like, man, I wish that was on live stream. I was like, yeah, but follow me on Twitter, man. There you I, go. I, I, He's giving I, you every bump, bump, set, and spike. There you go. So a couple of things I want to mention, too. We got uh, got started last week. We uh, This week we filmed our first uh, prep rally video show, so we have that that, that uh, was uploaded to our website uh, this week. And uh, so be sure and catch that at nwaonline.com. We started last week our prep rally preview four-page section, which comes out in the Friday edition of the Northwest Arkansas Democrat Gazette. That is four pages of football pregame that you're not going to find anywhere else. It's got, of course, the beautiful Ricky Fires in his prediction, Rick's Picks column. It's got a cover story last week was on Jaden Henry, uh, Mo Henry and yeah. Kai Henry. What a great story that was at the impact that, that family's had in Van Buren. This week, I'm um, going to give you a little sneak peek. Paul Boyd did a story. It's not one that's ever fun to do a story on a young on a, on a player who dies. But Paul Kendrick Fincher, 25 years ago, uh, was 13 years old. He was a vibrant young player uh, at, a, at a middle school. He goes to practice, and he never came back home again. First, first day of two-a-day practices, August 7th, you know, 25 years ago. After practice, goes home, becomes ill, had a heat stroke, and 17 days later, dies. Exactly. Um, now, what that no, – 18 days, excuse you, me. Yeah, you never want a death, but what that did is it really heightened the awareness of how important uh, hydration is for you, not at practice, but hours and days before you ever go to practice. The Fincher family was able to take this – unbelievable tragedy mm -hmm. and turn that into a positive his life probably has saved thousands of lives oh no yeah. no doubt his mother and and the the, the Fincher Foundation Kendrick Fincher Foundation uh, has has promoted education that's what that's the one thing she stressed to me over and over again is we want to get the word out that this is 100 percent 
preventable. Exactly, and, exactly. Um, and so, you know, you, you, you look at this young man, he was only 13 years old and he was taken, you know, from this world. But you look at how many people he impacted in his, in his brief time here, how many people he impacted, how many programs he impacted, and, and continues to impact today, 25 years after such a horrible event. Um, he continues to have a big impact on uh, football programs and, and volleyball and cross country and all other sports, especially those that are played outdoors um, in the elements where heat and humidity and that kind of thing uh, can really take you down. It doesn't matter if you're 13 or 43 or 53. Um, heat is no joke. So that will be that will be the centerpiece story for this week's uh, Prep Rally Preview. We also have all the Hooton's rankings and predictions, and then we have our previews, capsules, where we preview 10 of the top games in the area. So you don't want to miss that in the Friday edition of the Northwest Arkansas Democrat Gazette, as well as online. Now, if you haven't made the switch yet to the digital replica edition, um, if you don't get the printed paper, you still get this in your digital replica edition. Um, and so you can catch that at either place, and you can also catch the stories, course, on our website at nwaonline.com. So we have that. And then, of course, like we've been doing in the past few years, we continue to do again. Our Saturday coverage is unmatched anywhere else. It's four pages, uh, 11, 10, 11, 12 games uh, across the region that are staffed by reporters. Um, we have you know, our great photo staff is there taking photos. We've got scores from across the state. It's everything you want to know about football is in there. And if we miss you on Saturday, we're going to get you. And Sunday, we're going to come back and get any teams that we've missed in the Saturday prep rally recap. We're going to get you in the Sunday paper. So um, we're, you know, if the games are played, we're going, to, we're going to try to have as much as we can on it in the pages and uh, in the digital edition of the Northwest Arkansas Democrat Gazette. So that's it for this week's edition. Uh, oh, and one other thing, Rick, I forgot to mention this. You and I will be back in action again this Friday for our pregame show that leads into the uh, West Termite and Pest Control Game of the Week. We'll be doing our little show um, before that game, and we're going to have that show uh, online at 4 o'clock, so you can catch that before the Game of the Week, and we'll talk about that Game of the Week as well as other games that will be played in the area that night. So you get a chance to see the beautiful Ricky Fires with his beautiful flowing hair, He's, he's 74 years old, still got that great hair going. Um, and so you get a chance to see that, and uh, we will kind of preview the game of the week. So um, I, I can't. Think, I look really good with the mask. He really does. It's, yeah. it's, it's improved his look a lot. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. So that's what we have going on for the Northwest Arkansas Democrat Gazette. Thanks for joining us again. This is Prep Rally, the podcast. We will be back with you next week, and uh, we'll catch you then. <laughs>